Alrighty, welcome to another episode of On Your Voice with me, your host, Pastor David. So glad that you could join me today. Today we're going to be diving into some apologetics and talking about a, a verse commonly misused to try and try and disprove the divinity of Jesus. So stick around. You want to be a radical for Jesus? You want to use your voice for the glory of God? Well, then this is the show for you. I'm going to help you do just that. So welcome to the show. Alrighty, welcome back. Before we get started, um, why do I do the show? I do it for you, right? Something to get you through between Sundays to help feed you, to help uh, equip you. And this show is a blessing to you. Would you consider uh, supporting? Uh, there's three ways you can support you should, and um, give some amount, if you will. Uh, three ways down in the description, Venmo, PayPal, and Cash App. Any amount will be greatly appreciated. I endeavor to keep everything uh, free, all, all of the content, but it ain't free for me to do. Believe me, all this costs money. Every graphic you see, just streaming. So... Appreciate any amount that you are able to give. God bless you. All right. So today I'm going to be diving into some apologetics and, um, you know, reading through the book of John again. Uh, love the book of John. One of my favorite books of, of the Bible. Um, if it was a toss up, I'd have to pick John or first John. You can tell I kind of like this dude, John. Anyway, so we're going to get into John chapter five in a moment here. But let me let me give you a preface. Now, why is this important? Why should you know this? Well, if you want to be able to effectively uh, spread the gospel, right? You're gonna then then you're gonna come up with resistance, right? In fact, you might have people coming to you trying to trying to promote their religion onto you, and so you need to be. We need to be. We as the body of Christ need to be well equipped to give a good answer. And unfortunately, today especially in America, many, many, many Christians would uh, prefer rather to listen to people like me rather than to study the Bible themselves. Let me say, I am not your Bible study, okay? Uh, listening to me is like uh, closing your eyes and listening to the television, right? And you're trying to figure out what's going on, but you can't because you don't see it for yourself. So you need to get into the Word daily, for yourself, you need to have a Bible study life as a practice because people are going to come along, right? I'm not saying you're going to have everything memorized, but there's, at you know, if somebody says, well, we go to John chapter five and it says this and Jesus said that, so that proves he's not God, right? How are you going to give an answer for that if you've never read it for yourself? At least, because let me tell you what, the Holy Spirit, right, is only going to help you so far. The Holy Spirit is not going to help us with something that's not in us, right? So we don't get the Word of God in us. Let me tell you what, the Holy Spirit isn't all of a good flood us with, with dozens of scriptures we, we've never bothered to get in us in the first place, right? And so there's people out there, right, of, of uh, I think Muslims love, Muslim apologists love to primarily use this verse in John 5, but um, there are others, by the way. Um, and there are, you know, 
Let's just face it, heretics within the body of Christ, like the Unitarians who don't believe Jesus is God, right? Or, or the modalists and such. And the, the point being, um, you know, you have Jehovah Witnesses out there, you have Mormons out there, right? Jehovah Witnesses, they say they believe in the Bible. Mormons, they believe in the Bible, right? Even Muslims uh, will, will, I know it's confusing when you hear them, they'll say that, oh, the Bible is a good book, but then they say that we corrupted it and that they try to use our scriptures against us to try to disprove Christianity and the very divinity of Jesus, right? Like, let, let me tell you what, the divinity of Jesus, all right, Jesus being God in the flesh um, is essential, right? It is all throughout the Bible. Um, for instance, you can go to uh, the book of Hebrews, right? In, in the very first chapter, and it quotes from the Psalms where it says, and the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, right? And we see elsewhere that, well, now Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, right? So clearly two lords are mentioned in the Bible, quoting as, as uh, Jesus, right? Um, and I'm just giving you this preface before we get into the, the chapter uh, to give you the importance, right? Um, hey, good afternoon, Richard. So glad you could join. Um, anyway, so things like, uh, well, well, what about, you know, this is not the only place two lords is mentioned, right? What about in Genesis chapter uh, 8, 19, I think it is. Anyway, where where the Lord is standing on a hill above Sodom and Gomorrah. And then the Bible says something crazy like, and the Lord called down fire from the Lord in heaven. Two lords mentioned, right? If you look in the, in the original language, if you look in the biblical Hebrew, you'll see that, yes, it means the Lord. It's Adonai. It's it's the name Yahweh. But you see that that I'm not like trying to say these things to, tr to try to make me sound super smart or something. I'm just not. I'm not super smart. I'm no different than you. I'm no different than anybody else. It's just I love the word of God because I love God and I, and I value the truth found in the scriptures, right? And so, so all of these things I'm mentioning are found right in the scriptures just through my, just through studying the Bible diligently, right? Trying to study and prove and show myself a workman not ashamed and all that. So anyway, so you, you'll come up against different people, right? You, right. I've, I've witnessed to Muslims, right? Not, not a huge number of times, but, but a few times. Um, and I've heard the discussions as well. And of course, if they know anything, they'll come back about John 519, right? And they'll, they'll say, this proves that Jesus is not God, right? So so let me bring it up on the screen for you. So we're going to do this. I don't know why this program does whatever. Anyway, so let me go. Oh, let me scroll down here so you can see a little bit better. So you should be able to see my cursor moving. There we go. I'm trying to see if it's moving. There it is. So this is the Bible verse that they will say proves that Jesus is not God. It says, then Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, likewise, the son does. So it says, so their argument, right? I'm just, just giving you the argument is that this proves that Jesus is not God, according to them. Because he says, I can't do anything without the Father, right? Nope, no, nope, I'm completely dependent on the Father to do everything. Okay, so how should we Christians respond? Well, that's why it's always important, right? Proper hermeneutics, proper biblical interpretation, context, 
context, context, right? We read the all of scripture, right? We, we use all of scripture. <clears throat> the Bible says that all scripture is God breathed and profitable for mankind, right? All scripture means all scripture. The Bible says it. Why don't we believe it? Why don't we apply it? Right? We should be. But but they like to take this one verse, right? And you you've probably seen this happen through through different people who believe different things from within Christendom, right? They'll take one single verse and say, this is what it means, right? You'll, you'll hear the Calvinists, right? And I'm not, my dog and my Calvinist brothers and sisters, but they'll say, look, that verse that says, you know, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated, right? That proves that God damns people. He predestined some people to damnation. They'll take one single verse, for instance. And they, they use others, but I'd like to highlight that one. See, see where this can go radically wrong when we don't study and, and use the entire word of God. I'm not saying all Calvinists don't believe in the word of God or hold it value. Please, I'm not saying that. But let's see what this text actually says, because I'm here to try to equip you, right? So, by the way, you have to read this for yourself. Study it. So, we see here um, that Jesus, uh, let me scroll back up so you can know, this is healing at the pool of Beset. Bethesda, right? So he heals a guy, right? It's Sabbath, right? You're not supposed to do any work. We have the religious leaders, the Pharisees, right? Who were the ones to ensure that everybody followed the law, right? And they came and they and they and they and they were like, okay, well, maybe people need an indif. Like, what does it mean not to do any work? So they came up with all these crazy, wacky, what they call the oral law. And so just giving you some background here. Um, and, and one of the things they, they're like, no, you can't do anything right at all. And we see that play out today, by the way, like, I don't know if you know this, but religious Jews who are Torah observant, they don't even tear toilet paper on the Sabbath. Could you not? All the elevators in Israel, um, run automatically. So anyway, um, so, so now they're having a problem with Jesus, right? That he healed a man on the Sabbath. How dare he heal a man on the Sabbath, right? How dare he do something good? So, so, so they come up against him, as, as you can see on the screen for yourself, if you want to read it. Um, so, so then it says comes here, um, aha, verse sixteen. So the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Jesus answered them, "My Father is working still." And I am working, right? He said his father. So what, what What happens next? It says, so the Jews sought, even though it should be the Judean leaders, by the way, uh, sought even more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father. Check this out. Making himself equal with God. So the, the Judean leaders of that day knew what Jesus was saying, knew that Jesus was but was was making himself equal to God. That's why they got incensed about it, right? That's why they wanted to kill him, making himself equal with God. Only God is equal to God, right? No angel, no demon, no power, no principality, no human is equal to God, right? Nothing, no one. Like if if you took the whatever trillions of galaxies, right? Then then. The trillions upon trillions upon trillions of stars put them together, right? Then you take 
the dark matter, the antimatter, put that into the equation. And all of that it would not equal to God at all because God is so much bigger. So there, there, there's your mini sermon. Um, so what does it say above verse 19 is that Jesus equaled himself to God. Only God is equal to God. Amen. So, but what about the rest you may say? I mean, I mean that that's okay. I said, always read the scriptures above and below. Now, mind you, also, when scriptures were written, by the way, there was no, um, it was all scrolls, right? There were no chapter breaks, no verse breaks, right? That didn't, that didn't come about until the Reformation uh, time frame. So, <clears throat> right about the uh, 16th century, if I remember correctly. Might be a little bit off on that. Um, either way, it, it, it's a, and, and when it comes to history, right, it would be a relatively modern concept, chapter and verse. So it would be one flow, one continuous story, for instance, right? So remember that. For, well, well Jesus did this, well, or that skips, right? Don't, don't read it as a break. Just, just try your best to read it fluidly as one continuous story. So, True, but you said but above it, but then why did Jesus follow up with that? Maybe the religious leaders of his day got it wrong, right? Maybe it was their presuppositions. Maybe it was their interpretation that that was off. Oh, what about that, brother? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked about that, right? Check this out. Because it says further down here. Um, there we go. So the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son. Why would the father put all judgment on the son, right? Unless he was abdicating, which obviously that's not the case. If the son was not equal to the father. Now, oh, you say, well, that's, that, you know what? That, that's just not good enough. I don't feel comfortable um, in this, right? Because he says down here in verse 30, he says, once again, he says, I can do nothing of myself. I, I don't I don't get it. I'm, oh, that's why we continue to diligently study the word of God. Amen. So I, I hope you're catching the importance of apologetics. Right? This is apologetics. I'm not an apologist, but I'm just everybody should right have apologetics as part of them. So I'm just scrolling down here for the, there we go. So there we go. Right. Moses wrote about him coming, the Messiah. It's proof right there. Right. He says he has a greater testimony. He'll do the works which the Father has given me to finish, the, the very works that I do, to bear witness of me that the Father sent me. Um, you do not, ah, you have neither uh, heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. There you go. So Jesus is telling us here again that um, when you see me, you've seen the Father. Right? He says that elsewhere. So all, bottom line about this is, is that they like to use this, right? Well, what about the rest of the word? So we go to John chapter 1. Hoping you can see it. And we see plainly clear here in the Bible 
right? Because you say, well, brother, now you're going outside the chapter. No, we use all of scripture, right? We use all of scripture, I said. So it says here, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God, right? So the, the logos was theos, right? Two Greek words, logos, word, right? Theos, meaning God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him. And without him, nothing was created that was not created. In him was life, and the light, and the life was the light of mankind. Amen. So then it says, but you said, but he's in the flesh, right? God is spirit. Okay. Well, it says here, the word, right, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. Fair enough. So right here, it says that John writing that Jesus is God. Amen. Clearly, Jesus is God. The very Bible says it. It's like, well, well, what, what? Well, but Jesus never said specifically he was God. He didn't say those. He never, ever uttered those words. True. He never said, I am God. But there are other things that point to, to, to this. So where else might we be able to find this in the Bible? So let's see. Oh, wrong chapter. Let me just I'm trying to look this up. Mind you, I'm a bit tired from post-COVID symptoms. So bear with me here. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare, but you know what? We'll roll with it. Do what we can. Ah, so just looking something up real quick here. Aha, I had the right chapter. So we're going to go to John chapter 8 now. So John chapter eight. So where 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 would be one of the greatest examples? And to me, in John chapter eight, uh, is one of the best examples to show here. So here we go, coming up on your screen. So John chapter eight. So we have once again Jesus button heads with the religious leaders of his day, right? So it says down here, it says, then, uh, you know, Jesus said, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is the Father who glorifies me of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. If I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. <laughs> Boy, he didn't miss any words, did he? But I know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Amen. And it says, then the Jews said to him, you are not 50 years old. Have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said, check this out. Here's the clincher. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And then they took up stones to throw at him. Why did they take up thrown stones to throw at him? Because according to them, he was committing blasphemy. He was, he was saying he was God Right there in that statement. You can go back to the previous chapter in John 5, and Jesus talks about the Son of Man. Another Old Testament reference to the Messiah, the Son of Man. So I forgot that for, forgot that for a second. Anyway, he says, I am, right? Where is the first place in the Bible we hear that mentioned? Right? man named Moses, the backside of a desert, 
dude's out doing his business, right? Conduct doing doing what shepherds do. He walks by, see this he sees his bush on fire. Right? It's it's not being consumed by the fire, and a voice, the angel of the Lord, Jesus himself, speaks from the bush, right? This is a Christology, right? Uh, a, a reference of Christ in the Old Testament. And so they have a conversation, right? The Lord tells Moses, right? He's got he's gonna go and speak to Pharaoh. And then Moses is like, I don't even know your name. How am I supposed to tell? What does he tell him? He says, I am. So Jesus was saying before Abraham was born, Yahweh. That's exactly what Jesus said. Now, I don't know exactly um, what, it, what it comes across as in the Greek. Um, believe it or not, I haven't looked up the term I am in the Greek. Um, but I should look it up in my Septuagint one day, um, which is the Greek Old Testament. But the, the bottom line is Jesus is calling himself God. He's saying Yahweh, right? The very one that they claim to worship, the very one whose laws they claim to follow and enforce, right? And believe me, they I believe that they, they were, the Pharisees were not an uh, evil bunch, you know, you know, twisting their mustaches um, and evil. I believe that they thought they were, they had the heart of God. They thought they were doing the right thing, right? For the right reasons. That's what they thought. They weren't. Otherwise, they, they would have seen this because, you know, Jesus uh, says back in John chapter 5, right, you know, Moses wrote about him. Wrote, he said, Moses wrote about me. So so let's, let's continue on in this uh, lesson of apologetics. You say, well, brother, that's still not good enough for me. Well, that's a great question. And that's a great statement, right? We should seek and we should hunger for more. We shouldn't just leave it. And be comfortable as is. So if you say, well, that's not enough. Well, I'm I'm glad that you have that attitude. And if you don't have that attitude, if you think, no, that's enough. Well, I'm going to tell you you're off. And, and we need to be uh, diligent students um, of the words. And oftentimes we are not. And that's why we kind of suck at times at presenting the gospel. And uh, being able to good, give a good reason or defense for the reason of our faith that it Commands us in the Bible to, you know, the Bible commands us to, to do this. The Bible tells us to be ready at all times to be able to do this. How can we be ready when, when we don't value what the scriptures say? When, when we put more value on somebody like me, right, to tell you the scriptures, and have, I believe me, I'm not, I am not exaggerating here, right? I, I just did an interview with a fellow pastor, um, and so that'll air in a few weeks. We hit up the subject of only 37% of pastors hold a biblical worldview. How sad is that? The very word of God that Jesus himself valued so much so that when Satan tempted him in the wilderness, he didn't argue with him, right? He didn't have a conversation with him. He said, it is written. That's how much Jesus valued the very written word of God, right? And fortunately, I see all sorts of crazy things about this today. So... Let me look up something else here. There we go. Again, in the book of John, um, believe it or not. So I'm going to go to John. Um, let's go up here and search in get the correct chapter here. 
Make sure we got that. Yep, John chapter 20, right? So Jesus has been raised from the dead, all right? Jesus has been raised from the dead now, right? He comes back, appears to the apostles and the disciples both, right? Everybody believes him. Old Thomas is out. Got a shopping list, comes back. They're like, dude, you won't believe what happened. Jesus was here. And he's like, no way. And they're like, yes way. Okay, now it's a big paraphrase. Um, right? Be excellent to one another. Sorry, I've been watching Bill and Ted. Um, anyway, so Thomas is like, no, I'm not going to believe it. Unless I see him, unless I touch him, I'm not going to believe this. So, uh, as usual, I heard it down at the bottom. As usual, Jesus meets Thomas where he's at, right? Praise God. He's merciful. He's compassionate. Um, somebody said, oh, so many people can't see the truth. Let me tell you what. Go to a website or go to a YouTube channel, right, after you're done watching this one, called I Found the Truth. On there, you'll find stories of Muslims that came to Christ. So that's what the channel is all about, sharing stories of Muslims who came to Jesus and Jesus is their Messiah. So anyway, so I set the scene for you. Right now, Jesus shows up to Thomas, right? This is after eight days. His disciples were again inside with the door shut, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you, All right? Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand here and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing, right? The very next word out of Thomas's mouth is my Lord and my God. So where is the rebuke for that, right? Because if, if Jesus was not God, Right, he should have rebuked him for that, for for Thomas calling him God. He should have been rebuked. So I don't see any other rebuke in here. You see any rebuke in there? I don't see one. Jesus simply told Thomas, "Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed." And we and we come to the end of, of the book of John. So no rebuke. If Jesus was not God, he should have rebuked Thomas on the spot. For worshiping him like that, right? We know the Bible commands us, by the way, not to worship, right? It says, don't have any other gods before me. So if Jesus is not God, right? Or if somehow, somehow, right? We Christians believe in many gods, right? Maybe we're, or, or we believe in pantheism, right? We're pantheists, meaning pan, meaning many, Maybe, maybe that's what it is. No, because the Bible says you shall have no other gods before me. So we know we don't worship multiple gods. So there's another, uh, I don't know how to put, another uh, tool in your kit bag of life, right? Another tool in your toolbox of life. I got tools on the brain, all right? I'm going to go to Home Depot after this. Um, anyway, uh, right? There's more for you, right? And by the way, like I said, I'm not super knowledgeable. I'm not smarter than anybody else. I'm not better. It's just I value studying the Word of God, right? And you don't need commentaries to learn all this stuff, right? They, they are helpful. Let me just say that. I don't dismiss commentaries, right? I plan on getting some more, hopefully soon, but they ain't cheap. Anyways, um, so there you go. My Lord and my God, right? Thomas specifically says it. So my question have you seen enough evidence to satiate your appetite? I hope the answer is no. 
All right. I hope that the answer is no. I hope that you diligently search the scriptures for yourself. I hope you search the scriptures, right? Also to say, hey, was Brother McGuire right? And what he said, right? Because I know I've, I've kind of rushed through some of them. But hey, I always challenge people on this, by the way. Never take what I say at my word. Never take it at face value. Challenge me, right? You you, you seek the word and the truth for yourself, right? What if I say some off stuff? How are you supposed to know that? You don't know it unless you study the word for yourself. But it's important to give an honest reason, right? Obviously, we're not the ones. We're not the ones to um, let me take this off the screen. We're, we're not the ones, right, that are going to save the people, right? We know what the Bible says about this. But you could be the one who plants the seed, and you could be the one who waters that seed. You don't know. You don't know what part you will play in somebody's salvation. But just know. That you have a part to play, all right? It's not God's job alone, right? We know it. Yes, it is the Holy Spirit that saves, right? We know Paul writes about this, right? One waters, one plants, but it's the Holy Spirit who saves. I get that. But somebody has to be willing to plant. Somebody has to be willing to water. Are you willing to plant and are you willing to water? Did you know that that we just, I think it was yesterday. Um, I didn't know this, actually, that... Uh, that they, they put, I guess it's a day now where a third of the world has never heard the gospel. Did you know that? A third of the world. So don't listen to those preachers out there who says Jesus can come back at any moment, right? There's nothing left we have to do. No, a third of the world has not heard the gospel, right? And until the fullness of the Gentiles, right, which I believe means that all people have heard a chance to hear the gospel message, right? Jesus is not coming back. Are you prepared? Are you prepared not only to, to preach the gospel, but are you willing to be like Paul? Are you willing to reason with people when they have questions, right? Remember Acts 17, I believe, right? With the Barians, right? They didn't take what Paul said at face value. They're like, we don't know about this, right? Many times Paul was willing to reason together, right? right? He wasn't just like, Believe on the Lord and you shall be saved and whatever, you know, or or this is this is the Christ we believe in, right? Who's crucified and, and raised on the third day and ascended into heaven. Right? People were like, What do you mean by that, Paul? Like, we got our own guys we look at. Mind you, Paul was was uh was going around uh, to a um a pantheistic culture, right? They worship many gods. And so he so they had sometimes they had questions. Are you prepared? right now to give an answer to people. And if you're not, then that should prompt you to dig in to the, to the scriptures and study for yourself. Do you, do you understand the importance of this? Right? You don't know. Don't say, I would never go do that. I'm never going to be a missionary. You don't know what God has for your life. Right? Believe me, I have opened my mouth plenty of times. Right? I would never. I... And God is up there laughing, I'm sure, on a throne. And then, like, I swear it's not much sooner after I open my big fat mouth and say, never, that God is like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm calling you to do just that. You just said you won't do. You know, I said I would never be a pastor. I actually said those words. Right there on the screen. Right. If you're watching my video, pastor says, I didn't choose it. 
not to mention that it's Jesus' command for us to go and do what? Preach the gospel. That's his command to all believers, right? It's not left up to an evangelist, though evangelists are especially equipped and anointed to do that. No, Spread, preaching the gospel is for all believers all time until Jesus comes back. That means you. That means me. That means every single person who is Jesus. But we have to be willing to be equipped to do just that. You know, um, in September here in Corpus Christi, and I'm so, so, I can't wait for it to happen. Um, did you know that, that uh, Lee Strobel, um, Mark Middleberg, among others, who I can't remember right now, are coming down here for an apologetics conference? You know who signed up for it? This guy right here. Not because I want to meet people. I want to be better equipped. I don't think I'm as well equipped as I should be. I think we should all have the attitude as Christians that we can always get better. We can always be better equipped, right? We, we, we That's an attitude of humility, right? And I just preached about this on Sunday. Uh, this last Sunday, uh, as the airing uh, or as of this recording, I was preached on, on humility and the danger of pride. We, we can't get comfortable with who we are and how we are as we are. Right, that, that we can go off into a whole slew of things, but you know, let's focus on the Bible, right? How to better interpret the scriptures, how to better give the scriptures, right? Um, maybe, maybe you're watching this, listening to this, and you're like, I didn't know Muslims did that, I didn't know there was such thing as Muslim apologists, I thought that was a Christian thing. No, well, now you know, and now you need to know what they think, what they're gonna blast you with, what, how they're gonna try to come against Christendom. Right and taking scriptures out of context, and you need to know how to defend against it. You need to know how to give a reason. Like, no, 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 brother. <laughs> oh no, dude, no. Like, that's not that's not what the actual scripture says. Here, let me school you and show you what the scriptures actually have to say. Part of getting equipped is to know these things. What does the other side believe? Right. When I say the other side, I clumping together. Um. Mormons, uh, Jehovah Witnesses, so Mormons, Muslims, Jehovah Witnesses, Unitarians, um, people like that, and there's probably more out there that I can't think of right now. Well, what do they believe? Well, you need to find that out, right? You need to find that out for yourself. Do the research. It's out there. It's free. Heck, you're watching this on social, social media, hopefully. I'm a YouTube channel, right? Well, guess what? You can search all this up on YouTube. Um, there are plenty of blessed people out there who are way more experienced at this. You know, you go take a college class. In a, did you know you can get a degree in apologetics? Yeah, from places like, um, what was, was it again? Colorado Christian University. There you go. Oof. Now, mind you, I don't get paid for, for saying that. I don't, I never went to college before. Um, but, you, you know, you can get a degree in apologetics. You can you can go so far as to get a master's degree in apologetics. I'm sure Liberty University has a, probably the same degree program in apologetics. But I'm just pointing you to Colorado Christian University just because uh, Lee Strobel and Mark Middleburg built a, a, an apologetics program there. So the, these are places, the resources. What do you want? I'm not saying you have to go to college, but I'm not saying don't take it off the table as an option. That we need to equip ourselves. We, I swear, we we are currently living in 
the the most how do I put this unknowledgeable uh, generation there is. Right? It's funny because we we live in a time where where information is at our fingertips. Right? Where just even when I was a kid, the thought of even having a computer in the house was unheard of. Right? And yet we have computers that are massively powerful with massive amounts of storage that we make phone calls from. And yet people won't look, they'd rather sit on TikTok and watch 60 second videos full of nonsense. Um, and so, but wh why, why don't we value this? We're raised in, a, in a, such a culture where it's all about entertainment. I believe it. Well, I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, right? I love it. I get fed on it. it it's not, I mean, and there are people out there that actually say, don't worship the Bible. That they, they actually, and, and, and Every time I hear that, it usually means that the Bible is not the the authoritative word of God. People out there actually say these things, right? Like, no, wait, wait, what do you mean? Like, it's the word of God written for us. Like, what don't you understand about that? I may not be bowing down to my Bible per se. I don't pray to my Bible, right? I don't think my Bible, you know, has any power, but it's the written word of God. Uh, why why can't you get that? That's that's every time I hear, don't don't worship the Bible, and it's been I saw it uh, start I don't know how many years ago now two two three years ago now, and and then th this was the emphasis that that people were putting, and and I was like sitting back like why would somebody say that? Of course, then I end up seeing the results. I like to sit back and I like to observe and notice things, pay pay attention to detail. So so we need to pay attention because you will be led astray. You know, there, there are people out there who, well, quote unquote, progressive Christians, right, who will try to draw you away. The, the, the Bible is not. I mean, look at these contradictions. Well, how are you supposed to know that these are not actual contradictions unless you study it for yourself? You're like, well, well, that God in the Old Testament, you know, he commanded kill uh, women and children to be killed, right? That's. That's a contradiction right there because the Bible says do not kill. No, the Bible actually says do not murder, but how are you supposed to do that unless you actually study the Bible, right? It, unless you, you pour into what the actual word says. You're like, oh, it's actually not a contradiction. You know, or, or you know, in the Bible, you know, this, this God, this Jesus fellow comes along and all that stuff that was in the Old Testament, he comes up against. And you're like, well, no, actually he doesn't. Have you ever read the book of Revelation? See what I'm saying? You know, he, uh, Jesus is going to come back, right? He's going to speak a word, right? He says that that a, uh, a two-edged sword is going to be proceeding from his mouth, right? He's going to speak a word and bloodbath, like instantaneous bloodbath, right? Did you not read Jesus' warnings to the uh, to the churches, to the seven churches in Revelation? Did you know, for instance, that he did warn them, repent or else? They didn't repent. They got the or else. In fact, it wasn't just five of the seven. It was six of the seven who got the or else. So how are you supposed to know, though, that these are not contradictions unless you actually study? And I'm not saying you're going to memorize everything right, right off the bat or anything like that. But here, here, let me give you some tips and tricks here. You come across something and you say, well, this person said whatever is a contradiction, right? Go look it up for yourself. You do the legwork. They, plenty of free resources out there. I mean, you don't have to pay for logos. 
Um, I haven't. Yours is too expensive for me. But uh, and go out there and do the research yourself. Do the legwork. Don't be lazy. Don't be your typical lazy American who, if you don't see the instantaneous results, you're going to drop out. No, that's not the way Christianity works. It's a process. But we've gotten away from that here in the American church. And so how many Christians that are going to watch this actually knew about what John 5 says about the divinity of Jesus or the rest of the book of John, like I showed you today. Unfortunately, you'll come across that it's actually few and far between. I'm not saying that from a prideful manner. I'm just giving the reality of it. I mean, if pastors don't have a biblical worldview, if the majority of, of almost three quarters of pastors in America don't have a, a, a biblical worldview, what makes you think that the sheep have a biblical worldview? What makes you think a majority of them have a biblical worldview? They don't. Why do you think they sit under those pastors? So we need to get back to a biblical worldview, but we don't know what that is unless we actually read the Bible itself. You know, maybe maybe um, one episode I'll try to disprove contradictions. Um, that'd be, I think that'd be a good idea. So I'll tell you what, tell you what, wherever you're watching this from, right? Uh, on YouTube, you're going to have to wait, I think, until after the video is done and after YouTube has processed it. But if you want me, if, if you have questions about contradictions that are in the Bible, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put this out there right now. Uh, so you can go to Facebook, you can go to Twitter, you can go to Restoring Your Voice on Instagram. Uh, bottom line is I want you in the comments, right, to to put forth things that people have told you, you've heard, or some way you know about that people have said are contradictions, right? I want you to drop them in there, and I will, in a future episode, uh, I will address them. So if you have questions, right, I was going to say I've got answers, but I'm going to steal that line from Dr. Brown if I do that. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm kidding. We did we don't copyright our stuff. Anyway, yeah, so if you've got questions on these type of things, please, by all means, drop them in the comments. And in a future video, I will address them to help you out. Amen? This is not a burden for me. Look, I will do the legwork. I will research these things. Don't mind at all, all right? I think I'm kind of crazy like that where I love researching anyways. Um, so there's that. Um can't think of much else right now. Just put emphasis on the word of God, man. Like I said, even if you talk to somebody, if you talk to a street epistemologist, right, or a Muslim apologist or a Mormon, and you don't know the answer, don't run off because you don't know the answer. Why don't you tell them this, right? I, I can't tell you the answer to this time, but I will look it up and I will get back to you on this. There you go, right? Something we used to do in the Army, um, especially if we were... Uh, at a board, right? A promotion board. Um, and they ask a whole bunch of questions. And you know what? Nobody can remember everything. Never seen it happen. And so a lot of times we'd be like, uh, I don't want to reference to that and I'll get back to you with an answer. Good answer, right? Why, why wouldn't it work for the rest of the world? Well, why would you? I mean, that way, not only that, but you foster a relationship with an unbeliever by doing such a thing. Say, saying, Hey, I don't know the answer to that time, but I will look this up and I will get back to you with an answer. Amen. And you foster a relationship with them, right? 
Now, I'm not saying you're friends with them, but at least you have a, a relationship with them. I don't know if you know this, but um, as, we, as we're getting ready to wrap up, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Nabil Qureshi. Go look him up. Uh, Nabil uh, Qureshi spelled with a Q, right? Him and David Wood were college roommates. I don't know if you know that. Anybody, anybody uh, David Wood is, is an apologist, right? He confronts Islam, but they fostered a relationship over the years before, before uh, many years before Nabil Qureshi finally gave his life to Christ, right? You, you could be that catalyst, right? You could be the catalyst, right? You could, you, you could be like, you know, that person who gives that seed just the amount of water it needed. The Holy Spirit sparks it, you know, boom. You don't know. And even if you're, you're not that, you know what? You might, how about this? You might one day meet a person in heaven. They come up to you. You know what? You helped bring me into the kingdom of heaven. You gave me the truth. And it didn't take, but it led me to Jesus. You could be that person. Don't discount. Just because you're not behind a mic or you're not well known or you're not even known. Who knows? Don't discount yourself. All right. It's not about being known. It's about being known by God. That's it. It's not about fame, fortune, or whatever other stamp of approval in our Western culture we like to put upon these things, okay? So, anyway, I pray that this helped you. Don't forget to give this a thumbs up. Probably should have said it at the beginning. Um, don't forget to click that share button, all right? Uh, appreciate everybody who watches this thing. We're always humble by when that happens. Uh, so, I'm going to wrap this episode up now, and I can get ready to head off to the Home Depot. Lord, deliver me from temptation. Amen. To buy more tools. Anyway, be blessed all, and I will talk to you. Oh, tomorrow, real quick. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I got a wonderful interview, right? Some of you may know her as a screen named Purple Love in the Dr. Brown chat. Anyway, her interviewing her tomorrow, right? A staunch atheist, very staunch pro-abortionist turned to radical Christian. Check out the interview tomorrow, right? 4.30 p.m. Central, right here. All right, be blessed.